Good morning. This morning's scripture reading from the Old Testament is from the book of Ruth, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 22, and it can be found on page 411 in the Pew Bibles. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpha and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. And our New Scripture, New Testament reading this morning is from the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 38 to 40, 
which can be found on page 1,597 in your Bibles. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over and rebuked her, and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. The wording of the Lord, the word of the Lord. This morning, thanks be to God. And it's now my distinct pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning, um, our Mrs. Reverend, as we found out at the, at the tea, uh, Amanda Roystarge. Um, we are so pleased that they have become part of our our group here at St. Paul's, and we welcome her and look forward to her message. Amanda Dodge. It's on. Good morning, church. It is such an honor and a privilege to be asked to bring a word this morning. And so before I begin, and I am watching the clock, my goodness, that Ruth passage is long, but it's a good story. You can't cut any of it out, right? Um, So before I begin, would you please pray with me? Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for the ways your spirit has already been moving among us this morning. We thank you for the gifts that we have already received, for the worship we have already offered to you. And now, God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Carol, thank you for that introduction and for using just one of, well, you used several names for me. I'm not sure I caught them all. Most recently, um, my name has been Mrs. Pastor Evan. (laughs) Hello, my dear. (laughs) Um, Although it wasn't too long ago that my name was Pastor Amanda. Um, And so if that slips out, it's just old habits die hard. I have many names, as I'm sure you all have many names as well. Pastor Evan, Pastor Amanda, I would often go by Mama Pastor. Have you seen my brood? Right? That follows me about. Going along with that, I go by Mom, Mommy, Mama, Mother, and Mom! And when a particular preacher that we all know and love wants to annoy me, (laughs) my name is Mandy Dodge. I know. Yes, hide. But once upon a time, my name was just Amanda. As I'm sure for all of you, once upon a time, your name was just that, your name. Well, once upon a time, Amanda met a man named, not Reverend Dr. Daddy, as he sometimes goes by, and not Pastor Evan, just Evan. 
We met in August of 2009 in the forest of Drew Theological School. And we got to know each other pretty quickly. On our very first date, I probably scared the living daylights out of him because I said, listen, I don't want to waste your time. So let's just lay all our cards out on the table. I do not want to be a pastor's wife. And God laughed. At the time, Evan said, that's great, because I'm going to be a family counselor. I feel called to be a deacon. I was like, great, check that box. We are good to go. Number two, I come from a large family. I said, I I really want a whole gaggle of children. Evan is an only child. So he squirmed a little bit, and he's like, okay. (laughs) When the time came for us to finally really officially talk about starting a family, and I reminded him that I wanted, you know, at least four, if not more. He said, well, let's just start with one and see how it goes. (laughs) And nine years ago today, Auden and Amelia were born. We had twins, and God laughed. But the third thing I laid out on the table for him on that first date, I am so glad you stuck around, my dear. I said, I am going home to Maryland. When this degree is done, I am going home to my family, to my friends, to the life that I knew. And so if you're not going to consider following me, we might as well just be friends. And on that first date, he said, well, sure, I'll go to Maryland. And God laughed. Because here we are. In 2010, the summer of 2010, I was on in uh, the Burgundy region of France and the Taze community for school. And it was during that time that I was doing some serious prayer and discernment. And one of those things I was trying to discern was where I would follow... God's call, and where might I follow this man? Because it was stirring in me that maybe Maryland was not the best place for us. Northerners from the backwoods of Maine aren't necessarily good transplants. To the south. And I could tell he was longing for home as much as I was. And as I walked the dusty road back and forth to worship in Taze, and first my tent and then the house of silence, friends, I am a real chatterbox. I can be. And uh, I decided it would be a real challenge to go to the on silent retreat while I was in Taze. That gave me a lot of time to think, 
and pray and read and reflect. And it was on that dusty road that this passage from Ruth that Melissa shared with the children and then Carol read for us just kept taking root in my heart. And I came home from Teze with, I'm almost embarrassed to show you, with a drawing for my beloved. And it said, where you go, so shall I. Where you lodge, I shall lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. We read that passage at our wedding. It is a covenant passage made between two people under the witness of God to be united as family, to make a commitment to one another. The only difference is that, of course, in Ruth, it's made between, a, well, two women, a mother and her daughter-in-law. It's on this dusty road from Moab back to Bethlehem that Ruth and Naomi's new relationship is solidified when this covenant is made between the two of them. Naomi's plans certainly didn't work out the way she thought they would, I'm sure, when she married Elimelech. First famine struck the land. Ironically, Bethlehem, which means house of bread. How ironic can you get that there is a famine in what should be the house of bread? And they have to move away from all they know and all the people they love in order to just survive. And they make a life in this new place together. And then tragedy strikes, but she perseveres, and she has two sons who grow up and marry as they're supposed to do. And she has now these two daughters-in-law, who she's also responsible for, and then her sons die too. That is not the way things are supposed to go. Naomi has some wrestling of her own to do. And as we heard in the story, she tries to send her daughters-in-law back home to their mothers so that they can have a future. And one goes, and one does not. On that dusty road, They become united out of the dust of the road from Moab back to Bethlehem. A new thing is formed. Out of dust, God can make a new thing. In our gospel lesson this morning, Jesus does an incredible thing for a family. 
This story is told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We heard it from Luke, yep, Luke this morning. But it's also told in Matthew and Mark. And in Mark, this story, this healing of Simon's mother-in-law, is one of the very first things Jesus does. One of the very first things. How cool and important is that? After coming out of the wilderness, temptation, after going to the temple to preach, after doing just a little bit of healing, Jesus goes with his brand new disciples, friends, they all barely know each other at this point. Simon says, let's come to my house, and his mother-in-law is sick. And Jesus heals her. Now, in healing stories in the Gospels, yes, there is the restoration of physical health and wholeness. But more than that, it is the restoration of a person back into community. Whether it be the family or the broader community of faith. Jesus sees Simon's Peter's mother-in-law that she is ill, that she cannot be fully be a part of the family and the community as she's lying in her sickbed, probably close to death, let's be honest. And he gives her the gift new life. He gives her the gift of a next chapter. He brings her back to the family. Gives her back to the family. And she began to serve as any good mother would, right? It doesn't matter if we have a fever or we're throwing up, right? We still never get a break. Poor Simon Peter's mother-in-law. She's on her deathbed. Jesus comes, and suddenly she's up making sandwiches. (laughs) What a good mother. Please take care of yourselves, my dears. The word that is used in the Greek for to serve is, I'm going to butcher this. It's been a long time since I took Greek. Um, Diakonai, which means to be an attendant or to wait upon, to serve or to minister. It's where our word deacon comes from, right, for those who know. And it comes from this word diakonos, Stick with me. I know. Language can be boring, but stick with me. It comes from the Greek word diakonos, which actually is the combination of two words, dia and konis, which literally means to stir up the dust beneath you by moving about in such a hurry. I know an awful lot of women And men, don't feel left out, men, but you know it's Mother's Day. It's all about the women today. I know a whole bunch of women who stir up the dust beneath their feet 
moving about so thoroughly in service to others, in service to God. And the linguist who provided that dia plus conus equals adds, and so to minister. Simon Peter's mother-in-law is one of, if not the first, to minister to Jesus. What an honor. What a privilege to serve the one who came to serve us. Out of the dust, God brings forth something new. And for each one of us, I wonder how God and the Spirit and our discipleship to Jesus might be stirring dust up in our hearts and under our feet. I wondered what new thing God might be calling us to, what new way of serving, of ministering to those in our family, in our neighborhoods, in our community. And I also wonder as a woman and a mother and a pastor, I wonder how often maybe we kind of forget in the midst of all the doing, we forget one other very important thing about dust. And it's not that we have to sweep it off our bookshelves and knickknacks. Note, Notice, my dear, we did not put, like, anything about dusting and housework in our wedding vows. So I am off the hook for that. I do not dust. Dust is what we are all made of. Out of the dust of the earth, in the very beginning, God scooped it up and made it, and breathed into it, and created all of creation, but God made us, and said, you are good, and you are beloved. Out of the dust, we are made beloved. And we are called by beloved by the one who came to teach us and show us and remind us how it is to live and love one another as a family. And that's Jesus. That Jesus came to bring life, to stir up dust in service to others, to bring hope and healing, to bring people together again, to kneel at his disciples' feet. So many of us have scrubbed the feet of our own children. 
It is not a fun task, but you do it because you love them. Friends, so much of ministry, of living lives as Christians, we do not because it's fun, but because we do it out of love. Because we love God, and we love Jesus, and we love one another. Because of our love for one another, we make new family. Because of our love for God and one another, we say, where you go, I will go. And your people shall be my people. Because of our love for God and our love for one another, we open ourselves to whatever new thing God is going to stir up in us. May the dust never settle beneath your feet or in your heart in all of your days. And may all that you do be done in love for God and God's people. Amen. Amen.